Hey, listeners, producer Cam here. It's about time you took care of that excess hair on your chest, your back, your face, your other regions, and Manscaped is here to help you do that. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full-body grooming game. They have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0 cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. Be sure to use their crop cleanser to keep your hair and skin healthy. And guess what? Inside the Perfect Package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing undercarriage deodorant and moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be. Get 20% off and free shipping from your purchase from Manscaped using the code theathletic20 at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code theathletic20, all one word, theathletic20. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So, go to manscaped.com today and use the code THEATHLETIC20. Perform on the field, people will come. And it doesn't happen, you have to look at how you're doing business. Welcome to White Sox Business, the only podcast about Chicago's Southside baseball team that's hosted by me, John Greenberg, and most importantly, James Fegan. James, it is Thursday afternoon as we're taping this. Rick Hahn has done his final spring-slash-summer training uh, media address. The regular season begins Friday. Somehow, baseball season is here. So to celebrate this momentous achievement, we're welcoming an old friend, Danny Boy Hayes to the podcast. Dan covers the Minnesota Twins. He used to host a podcast about the Minnesota Twins with a very long name that none of us can remember. And the Twins are the prohibitive division favorite. The Sox are now the piranhas nipping at the Twins. Funny how that works out. Dan, welcome. Before we begin, I'd like you two to tell me who is going to win the AL Central. I'm going with the Royals. (laughs) Um, The Bears. Uh, no, thanks for having me on. Um, the twins, but it won't be that easy. It'll be, it'll be a little tougher, but they're just, they're too talented and too developed. Uh, who cares? They just expanded the playoffs. So no one needs to win a division ever again. So wait, they announced, did they announce that just now? They, they said the, the players union approved of it. So yeah, uh, five wow. minutes ago, we have a quote from Han about it, about, uh, he is in favor of it because it means the White Sox <laughs> will make the playoffs. So that's such a bad idea. I think uh, it's, it's unnecessary. I, I I'm okay with it just this year. I think it adds a little intrigue, but I don't want it to be a long-term thing unless maybe it was like just expanded to 12 teams in um, so that you could uh, get maybe like the first and second team, get a buy for the first round, something like that. That would be okay. Expansion to me, but going 16, that's uh that's a little over the top. I, I'm I'm cool with it for this one season because did this you really is such need more? One-off. Did you really need more intrigue this season? I mean, we're worried about players like literally getting sick and just for being around. Yeah. I don't know if I need any more any more intrigue into the season. I just kind of want to get it get it going and get it done. But okay, look, I get it from a standpoint of the top five or six teams. They want to make sure they're in. Look at the Nationals last year; they'd be sitting at home. They wouldn't have had a chance to. Uh, to beat the Astros and bang on the World Series trophy and carry it around, and I, 
so I want the best teams in and I want that to be insured. And I think that, you know, the 16 ensures that in this craziness, I mean, all it takes is look at Juan Soto. He's out uh, with COVID right now. Um, that, that's a, a big blow to the nationals repeating. Should that take them out of having a shot at the postseason? I don't think so, but you know, I, I think it's safeguards. I, I feel like the wackiness though would have added a bit more interest in the 60 game season, I guess like it, it, yeah, it would have been unrepresentative, but I feel like we already know it would be unrepresentative. And now it just turns it into like, yeah, we got to technically we have to play a season to confirm that yes, the Royals and Tigers suck and don't make the playoffs. But otherwise that's not really, we're not finding anything out. There's not really <laughs> any stakes. Um, let's just verify that the Rockies are still incompetently run. Okay, they are. All right, let's go to the massive <laughs> tournament now. Like it, it is just it, the season is supposed to mean something, and now as long as like your team doesn't like I don't know f- break off and form a swing band and try to bring back like the the early nineties uh, horrible fashion choices and, and instead of playing baseball, uh, there's there's no purpose anymore. I, why am I going to go? I. I, I the only reason to go to the park now is to find out how good the Levy's uh, pork chops are on Friday. Uh, <laughs> who, if okay, so let, let's we'll take what you guys just said and adapt a little bit. Uh, Dan and James, if you could say what you're the team you cover is one of those swing bands, or we even go to ska, ska or a swing band, since those are you know represent the '90s to me. Which which band would it be? Ooh, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. If they count. I mean, that's that a was, bold take. That was ska. Well, I said ska or swing. Okay. Oh, my ska swing. That, that was, I, I just pushed really hard for the only name I knew. Um, man, who's the band that was in Swingers? That's how uh, I was just, yeah. I think it was Big Bad Voodoo <laughs> Daddy, Daddy, which is why I was yeah. going to go with the White oh. Sox, because like, they had that one song everybody knows, or two songs like people know, well, but then there's like depth issues afterwards. <laughs> and not to, not to conflate... Uh, uh, voodoo with uh, the Santeria, the form of Santeria that a lot of the White Sox players, uh, <laughs> y- you know, <laughs> recognize. But we wouldn't uh, want to do that. That would fit. Yeah, that would fit though. I want to. I have had people tell me though that uh, it, involved in that religion about how many guys practice it on the Sox, and it's it's a decent amount. So it's kind of cool. So big bad voodoo daddy for the story Sox. From James on this. I <laughs> I think I think twins might be more of a squirrel nut zippers. Oh, oh, you're really, did you have to Google this while we were talking? Uh, No, of course not. (laughs) I mean, there's no way you could hear me pounding the keys uh, previously (laughs) while you guys were talking. (laughs) One of my my high school English teacher, though, was a big Boston's fan before they got big. And I remember he came to school one day wearing a bow tie he got at a concert in Pittsburgh. (laughs) Wow. That's, uh, I, I still am stunned. Like that song, like you, it's unforgettable. And uh, it's just a bunch of yelling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's move along um, from '90s music time. Uh, Dan, give me three X factors for the Twins. Like, what are the three X factors that are going to decide? And three is a totally arbitrary number. Give me more if you have them. Uh, um, that'll decide, you know, whether or not they're who you think they are. Byron Buxton. Uh, they were fifty-seven and twenty-three when he started games last year. And uh, he really actually found a, a new gear last year and then he got hurt and that's happened quite a bit. And it's tough on the guy cause he works his ass off. Um, if he stays healthy, that's a huge one. Rich Hill, 40 um, year old Rich Hill. 
could be a difference maker for their postseason rotation. And um, whether or not uh, – um, I don't know. I don't know if I have a third one. Um, Josh Donaldson, I think they're glad that he got to be on the field this year because they put a lot of stock into him at 34. And uh, to lose that 34 season when he has uh, got four years – and $92 million in the last two years, that could really suck just because the guy's getting 37 38 uh, I think just having him out there is a, a huge make difference maker for the defense, actually, because their defense was terrible last year on the infield. Now it's a lot better, I think, um, with Miguel Snow at first base. So there's my three X factors, but really heavy emphasis on those first two. Yeah, you, the Twins' defense, I just envisioned Luis Arias uh, chasing a slow-rolling ground ball uh, to no avail into center field, but then turning around and then hitting three singles off the White Sox and kind of canceling it out and would probably sum up their season last year. Yeah, he, uh, man, that guy is so much fun to watch the plate. Um, it's it, okay. So this is, this we'll get to it, but this is the reason why I think the White Sox still have a lot of catch up is because the arises have developed already. The, the Buxton's, the Kepler's, the Sinos, you know, you still have Luis Robert. My goodness, that looks frightening what the potential is and what he can do to the division for a long time. Um, but how many guys arrive on the scene? Like Frank Thomas showed up and immediately was just the star, right? But look at Robin Ventura's first, what, what did he start out? Did he go 0 for 41 when he got to the majors? I think it was 0 for his first four to five years in baseball, and the White Sox just kind of stuck with it. <laughs> he eventually got a hit. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you wonder, like, you're depending on so many guys like that Cease. Um, you need Ronaldo to, to take a step forward. you got... Uh, Madrigal, who's going to, you know, right. make his debut a week in. Right. So I, I like that the Twins have cross that threshold i think the tw- the white Sox are going to be i mean one obviously i think they make the playoffs but two i think they are going to be dangerous for a long time i just don't know that there's enough there to unseat the twins yet but it's going to be a- so much fun hopefully the games are not four hours uh, i mean you they could just play f- like inter squad where they just cancel the bottom of the ninth inning uh, randomly or or <laughs> to keep the games down That'd- uh Speaking of X factors, uh, James and I had the short ribs the other day. James, what was your review? Uh, would braise again? They were they were suitable. Um, they they're better than the Bard's Room. Uh, they gave me a lot. That's nice. Um, they have not effectively charged me for it yet. Another huge plus that that bumps up the grade. Yeah, me neither. Like That's two letters. <laughs> I asked about it yesterday, and they just kind of looked at Meh, and waved their hand at me. So I think it's a great you asked setup about now. it. Well, this officially they, is now a baseball podcast that we're doing a food review. Well, um, I yeah. they asked me like, why didn't you order any food for yesterday's game? I was like, I never got an email. I was like, I never got an invoice for the first one either. And they're just like, eh, who cares? <laughs> so that seems like a great system to me. I'm in favor of it. I'm, I might I'm order thirty times. Hey, we got seven games of the White Sox this year, so. I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, we've Seven talked about games. what it, we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> we we've talked about what uh you know, food to eat around the park. So, you know, we're trying to 
trying to figure out what's the, what's the best option to bring in. James is healthy. I'm not healthy. Dan, I don't think you're healthy. I'm actually much okay, wait, wait. The food choices have gotten better because of the pandemic. It's really going to be difficult during the season. Um, but we could always go to the George Castle favorite Maxwell Street. Bring in the pork chop sandwiches. Is that what he does? You guys He used to do that all the time. He'd bring in visiting road, he'd make the trip over, bring in uh food for the road riders and uh Really? Oh my goodness. Man, this is a deep cut, dude. Uh, <laughs> I did not remember who, who George Castle was bringing in for uh for hey, road when, you had, uh, when you had the commercials, the endorsements that I got uh when I was batting fourth and playing third oh, base. Jesus the, Christ. I don't want to talk about now this. Now we're this going so, even deeper. This is so weird. <laughs> this is so weird and so like no one's gonna listen and be like everyone's be like, what the hell is this guy talking about? But no one Knowing we could never accurately describe actually what you're talking about because it was too creepy and weird. Why did they discontinue um, your podcast, Dan? <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> uh, um, we're learning a lot about Dan's podcasting. James, did you give us three X factors? I kind of got lost. No, I, 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 I felt like I felt like Dan was giving you X fact was giving the X factors for the White Sox and didn't let you do it. Um, what, what defines an X factor? I guess like is it just like this guy might it's stink like t- or he might be good. It's like it's journalism speak uh, like like takeaways, like everyone's got five takeaways from every game. It's like, give me something that we could talk about. It's like the, the best players on the team could be X factors because like, right. you know, if Luis Robert is God from the moment the season starts like that, that, that swings be, the result a lot. But it could be X factors also could be, you know, the back, the last three guys in the rotation, right? Right. I mean, the, those guys in general, like, you know, I was trying to fit, do a White Sox season preview like I did for the Cubs one, and I was writing about that. Like, I mean, that is a real feast or famine situation there after you get from Louis, Lucas Giolito and Keuchel. Right. And then you wind up, like, you know, talking about the worst players on the team, like they're the ones right, that matter right. the most. And that's right, also right. weird. Zach Collins is uh, the big X factor. <laughs> so, catcher. like, a curious thing they did today was they announced that Ronaldo Lopez is going to start the third game against – um the twins and like, you know, matchup data is not the most meaningful thing ever, but like, I don't have like a lot of positive memories in my head about Lomorano Lopez's performance against the twins. Sure enough, he's got a five, seven, one ERA in his career against the twins. He's got a 4.29 against Cleveland, uh, who he dominated. I think the one of the last starts of the last season. Um, he's, he's a guy who's been very feast or famine and, you know, shaking out to a mediocre starter. He's someone, obviously if they're putting as their number three guy starting the season, they really need to hit him to swing positively uh, this year. I haven't necessarily seen anything this summer to say like, wow, he's a new man, but he's also someone who perennially rolls out of bed and throws 96. So like he doesn't necessarily need to be radically adjusted to be effective. It's just about how much kind of angle on life he gets on his heater that day or whether or not he gets his, his breaking balls to, to function right. I don't know if what will happen. I would say probably someone who looks more like someone that could swing their performance drastically from last season is Dylan Cease, um, just because he was really bad statistically last season, but clearly has, you know, just Keith Law wrote today that he's like has number two starter uh, potential. And you saw that stuff very much so uh, during his inter-squad games. But I don't know if locking up Jeremy Mercedes time and time again means he's going to do the same to Miguel Sano, but it seems like he would have that potential. And then that fixes a lot of things for them if they have three guys they can trust. I could have my three X factors be the dudes who are the last three guys in the rotation because Rodon is one of them because, you know, peak Rodon looks very good. There's a reason they draft him third overall, but he's been hurt basically on and off the last four seasons. And 
kind of got knocked around a little bit in, in summer camp, even while hitting 95 and 96 and, and, and seemingly being physically back. Um, I guess another X factor would be Nomar Mazzara, but now he's on the IL and then they're not doing a great job of hiding the reason he's there. Uh, but he's still expected back relatively soon. Um, and I guess if he, they fixed him like Frank Menachino was a, a task to do, then obviously it's a lot more significant than having a below average right fielder there. But you know, uh, who, who knows uh, what the current ailment he's dealing with will have an effect on him. Otherwise, you know, I, I get, I'm already at like five X factors, something like that. Like if Eloy Jimenez is Eloy Jimenez from last year, he's kind of an okay left fielder. If Eloy Jimenez is how we know uh, he should be or the type of ceiling he has, he's the best freaking hitter on the team and maybe the division. So obviously that could have an effect um, if it rolls right. So he's got that kind of... Uh, kind of nutty talent, and I'm probably more bullish on his offense this season than I would be for Luis Robert, even though Luis Robert has looked a lot cooler uh, during summer camp, bashing uh, you know guys practicing fastball command into the into the heavens. Um, this has probably been so, long enough. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, hey, that how, um, two questions. One, how many – so the Twins had their best pitchers facing their best hitters throughout inter-squads, uh, that kind of stuff. What was it like with White Sox? Uh – Lucas Giolito blew away Andrew Vaughn like over and over again. Like they kind of had their home team, their first team play together a lot. Yeah. And so it was a lot of watching Giolito like just tune up uh, against rookies and stuff like that. And then yeah. it'd be the setup would be weird where Carlos Rodon seemed to always be pitching for the away team and he's getting lit up by Edward Encarnacion for whatever reason. I don't know yeah. what the reason for that was, uh, but. I don't know. They got they they put Rodon to the through the ringer as well as Ronaldo Lopez, but guys like G. Leo and C's just tore apart like their triple A staff, and then we thought like, man, these guys are winning the pennant. So it, it's hard to hard to really assess it. Yeah, I hate I hate analyzing inter squad baseball. Well, I I wonder how it's gonna pan out because like Jose Barrios would face in order maybe three starters, and then the three starters would just recycle, and so if he didn't get the three outs by that point, he'd face Nelson Cruz the second time two batters later. And, and so I wonder how that's going to, you know, kind of pan out as this goes forward, because it's so interesting to see how teams got ready with the three weeks and no games, you know, limited games against other teams. The twins only had the one exhibition game on Wednesday night against the Cubs. And, you know, they were being in Minnesota. It's hard to get there. It's hard to entice the team to come there. The brewers, I think they played them six times. So they didn't want to play them. Obviously they don't want to play the Sox in the exhibition. So, they kind of just stuck to themselves there. And it was, it was interesting, but you wonder how that's going to kind of pan out as the season starts up. James, the baseball season is upon us. And, you know, the one thing teams need right now is good pitching. The one thing you need is a dugout mug. True or false? Uh, true, I guess. I mean, I have too much money, so I, I would like to spend it on something. Uh, do you know what a dugout mug is? I think it's something wooden that you pour liquid in and then drink it uh, no matter what. James, have I got some news for you. The barrel of a baseball bat has been turned into a 12-ounce mug. I don't know if NASA's involved. I don't know if there's something supernatural about this, but they figured out how to make baseball bats into mugs. So this is licensed by MLB, your favorite team. You get your logo laser engraved on Birchwood baseball bat barrel mug. Uh, it's perfect for a big game to put on display. Or, you know, I know you're the life of the party, so it's got life of the party status written all over it. It's also good if, like, you live in a cabin, maybe, 
and like you have a you have like a thick beard and like you take Instagram pictures of yourself or have your wife take Instagram pictures of you like staring in the distance. This would be good for that. So it's a unique gift for a baseball fan, James, and you're a baseball fan as well as a writer. That's true. Is there any chance I could get like a a mug made out of a 2011 Adam Dunn bat so it hasn't had contact with too many other services before I drink it? I will call dugout mugs personally and ask them about this to see if there is old White Sox bats we could we could get, you know, of guys who had uh, really bad careers. So I'm I, I'm looking for a Jeff Keppinger bat and a, a mug so I can be a little more like Kep. Uh, maybe a Euclid one. Euclid has beer, so that would help too. Uh, Put but some any- Kep in your step. <laughs> Put some cap in your step with dugout mugs. We've recreated the podcast ad industry. Go to dugoutmugs.com forward slash the athletic and use promo code MLB30 for 30% off your first purchase. It's dugoutmugs.com forward slash the athletic code MLB30. Fill that baseball void with your very own dugout mug today. Wednesday, Carlos Rodon spoke and Bruce Levine made him cry. Is that correct, James? That is correct. Uh, it was an interesting. It's not what I expected from a post game interview uh, for an exhibition game, uh, and not, it was it was kind of one of the Bruce's questions, which is like out of the flow of the interview, and asked him about like if he's invested in the mental skills department during his ups and downs, uh, and it's Carlos Rodon's answer wound up having nothing to do with the mental skills department, and just talking about his attorney and how he had no like. Um, he really never knew serious adversity before his career and that he had, you know, the two surgeries he underwent and how his daughter got him through it and how he kind of, uh, rearranged his rehab so he could be in Chicago and like be with his family and basically be a dad instead of being on a backfield in Arizona and how that made all the world to him. And that also very much confirmed in my mind that it was Carlos Rodon. I saw walking out of a target in Lakeview, uh, in, in <laughs> August, because it wasn't just a Carlos Rodon looking type dude, but probably him because he was in town rehabbing. And apparently it, it made all the difference to him. I don't know if it means he's going to be a good pitcher or not, but it, it it definitely, I feel like the last year we've learned so much more about like Carlos Rodon, the dude, than I ever did like covering him pitching and covering him rehabbing. Right. He just seemed so much more open and relaxed and right. the, the nice guy his teammates have always talked about, which was not... <laughs> necessarily what i knew a whole lot about uh before that happened uh has been on display there's james there's did, he, did he ever yell at you there dan did he ever yell at you after a game he never like yelled at me he's he's i was thinking I dan never, more oh dan <laughs> sure i mean everyone yells at dan but he, he's just like someone who seemed very consumed with the struggles he was going through he just very much you know if he had a bad start he he wore that bad start in his post-game interview and he wasn't like not insightful or like dismissive, but he, um, you know, his voice would be very low. His, his demeanor would be very, you know, upset with himself. And, and now you know, it's not like his, his emotions are cut off now, but he, he just seems a bit more like he's not just brooding and like, um, he, he's kind of sharing with you everything, like every th- stage of his mental process, other than just that was horseshit. I'm mad. That, that dude has been in there before. Uh, early in his career, he was open at times, um, and I really actually liked talking to him. Um, but there was some kind of switch there. Because, and I remember when Matt Harvey got in trouble, he brought it. Carlos Rodon brought it up to me. Uh, Matt Harvey was his off the field stuff caught up with him, and 
And Rodon kind of shut down media-wise uh, early on, made the decision to shut down media-wise. Um, you could tell, and, and like I totally understand it. Some guys, that's just the way they go. But he was definitely more open the first year or two, and then it just went away. And he told me he didn't think there was much value in it. Um, and I remember having that conversation with him, talking to him about Matt Harvey, and, and he's like, "Why, you know, what's the point of being out there and being open and – no. So that's encouraging from uh, a reporter perspective that uh, he wants to be a little bit more open. Um, I did have another question here. Um, is everybody in Chicago a big Breaking Bad fan because Madrigal is, uh, is trending right now? And I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, uh, it's about the, the bird. They're a big bird watching the community um, it's among the White Sox fan base. And they're kind, of, they're kind of enjoying their final day to do that before the season starts. <laughs> I didn't get the Breaking Bad jokes. I've never watched it. So, oh, that's the evil corporation that was behind it all. Uh, okay, don't spoil it. Don't no spoilers. It's it, <laughs> why did your podcast get <laughs> shut down, man? Like, <laughs> Wait, what was the name of the podcast again? We were making fun of it. Does anyone okay, remember? We'll it? do it live. Ah, okay. There we go. There's the, some sort of reference or something. Yes, <laughs> you can you can just look up Bill O'Reilly all you want. Mm, pass yeah i'll take a hard pass on that one i liked i like the concept though let's think of bill o'reilly as much as possible for our twins podcast for our twins podcast it's not his finest moment that's what we were going with is is playing off one of his what was his finest moment? probably not his worst one <laughs> i don't yeah it was probably not his worst one either yeah yes. right all right what do you guys think about everyone this is so weird that everyone is picking the white Sox gambling wise they're getting like the most vote they're getting like most votes to win the pennant everyone is someone uh one of the vegas guys in mgm tweeted or a vegas uh a gambling writer said at the mgm and their properties no one has picked the under for the white Sox win total i talked to a guy at uh, a former sports writer actually that works for rivers casino which is open in, in illinois now outside of chicago and the White Sox are like dominating, like all the votes that have been all the votes, all the bets that have been made in person and online. Um, I would say it's probably a good time to invest against the public. What are you guys' thoughts? I mean, yes, <laughs> it probably is. Um, it's it's a thirsty fan base. <laughs> it is. That's what I was gonna say. In, in more ways than one. Is everyone one oh eighting on uh, on betrivers.com as we speak? It, I mean, think about how long the drought has been and what it took to get here. Um, John, uh, that 16 season, the jersey cutting, the Adam LaRoche gate in spring training. Um, my God have White Sox fans been dragged through. Like the Cubs, it sucked. There's no question. Their rebuild was terrible. But it didn't have the embarrassing depths to it that that 16, especially given the And that was before the, the rebuild. Right. Right. But, right. but it prompted the rebuild. It's what yeah. it – it was, <laughs> all right, we've sucked for five years, and this was like the tipping point um, because we thought we might be good. And we were about eight to 10 really good players deep. And then players nine through 25 were May and players 26 through 35. Our depth was even worse. Um, that 16 team taught them a lot. They were trying to get by and get by. And 
like after four years that, you know, I, I think I started covering on mid of way through 2012 and they were hanging around oh, wow. first place. You, Jesus, yeah. you, you've and seen some bad baseball. I, I would argue I've seen the worst stretch. If you go beat writer stretches, I'd probably be a top five worst stretch in White Sox history. Um, if they've, they've spent weird years slowly trying to climb up to this mountaintop. And now the MLBPA and the league have announced, actually, you changed the rule and you crossed it uh, a thousand feet ago. Way to go. You won. You're in the playoffs. Hey, it's yonder, great. Yonder Alonso DFA'd or outright released. Outrighted. Yes. Man, uh, lots of old friends today. God, Yonder Alonso. I forgot. He didn't really, it really didn't work, did it? Getting Yonder Alonso <laughs> on multiple levels. Multiple level, and then someone told me someone that knows the family was like, I don't know what they were thinking. They're not really that close. Like he doesn't want to be around his in laws all the time. So apparently, don't buy a used car from Yonder Alonzo or a new car. He's not a very good salesman. (laughs) Didn't and didn't Machado say afterwards that Alonzo like uh, he's like, yeah, he told me how great San Diego is. Yeah, I I was at the uh, press conference for Machado that I went to and. I said, like, I, I don't know, remember what I asked him, but he said, like, yeah, that he had two close friends and Yonder Alonzo and John Jay who told him how awesome San Diego was. But they've moved past that now. Um, Six, 16 was the best, though, just because it's so raw, so up and down. I mean, oh. like, the lows and the highs, I really, I was there for the Mired in Mediocrity press conference. Yes. You know, that, that, that kind of ended it. Um, and the best part was, at, the only reason I went to that, I didn't know he was going to say all this was because I needed to ask him about how they almost got Jake Peavy for a story. So, like, I really, I really, uh, not Jake Peavy, I'm sorry, uh, Jake Arietta. How they almost got Jake Arietta and they, right. they lost him, you know, because of uh, Jesse Crane got hurt. He wow. was a lights-out reliever that year when they when they went to make that trade. And then Rick's like, wow, this is really fun. Thanks, thanks for bringing this up. <laughs> hey, hey, the best, the highlight of that year to me, was when I get to type something that I never thought I would. And it was actually, we were in Minneapolis. Um, and it was when Adam LaRoche sat down for that Good Morning America, maybe, interview. Oh, yeah. Oh, and and he detailed, was it was it Blaine Hardy? Was that who he was uh, friends uh, with? Blaine no. Boyer. Blaine Boyer, right? Blaine, Blaine Boyer. Boyer. When, they, when they detailed that they were part of an undercover sex thing operation in Southeast Asia or something like that. Yeah, human trafficking. Yeah, yeah, human trafficking. And I was sitting there going, you know, I've been a journalist for how many ever years at this point. I've never typed this. I think I probably could be on the police beat and never type these exact words and never will. And I'm a baseball reporter and I'm typing this. And it was like, there were so many layers to that story that were just amazing. Um, whether it was the uh, Drake getting kicked off the field for <laughs> uh, trying to figure out who led to Drake getting kicked off yeah. the field, and then the sit in, and oh, and, and then and then the day, the random day where Chris Sale just cut up a bunch of jerseys. <laughs> oh man, five game suspension guy. for uh, destruction. Of, what was it? Uh, destruction of team property and. Uh, oh man, it was it was gonna be my garage subordinate band or insubordination. Insubordination and destruction of team property is a hell of a garage band I had for about three days. Um, Frazier still has Frazier still has one, doesn't he? No, Eaton does. Eaton, 
Eaton rescued his. Yeah. Oh, God. Why wouldn't everyone rescue it? Yeah. Justin Morneau gave me. Oh, man. (laughs) Sorry, Justin. (laughs) Good story here. Um, Justin Morneau may have suggested to me in spring training last year or this year. I can't remember that Chris Sale was intending to cut up just one of the jerseys at the time. And Morneau said to him, dude, if you just cut up one, they're going to find like somebody else's and sew your name on it and give you that one. You got to get rid of them all. Oh my God. <laughs> That's breaking Evil news. mastermind, Justin Morneau. I, I got to be honest with you. Before you said that, I forgot Justin Morneau was on the White Sox. Oh, man. It was the That's best part cut. of that year for me. I got to talk Pearl Jam with Justin Morneau for like three months. It was great. It was, wow. it was the highlight of the year. James, did you remember Justin Morneau was on the White Sox? Yes. Okay. Um, I remember blogging about it because like he, it was when their season was already going down the tubes and they signed him for like offensive upgrade with the knowledge that he still wouldn't be ready for like a month. Yep. And I just remember being like this, this, like, <laughs> he wasn't terrible either. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't, himself. he wasn't good. He was, he was league average. He was his OPS plus ended up being 99, but that was coming off of elbow surgery. Um, yeah, obviously it couldn't, could have been much it was ordering band-aids off amazon and not getting prime shipping for a broken leg that was in the er like it was it's too little too late oh yeah that's great a more no white Sox jersey would be oh man, that would be a classic one to see to see out you know who's i'm trying to think i mean we'll not to get too out in the weeds but who's the the old no no risk of that here yeah right (laughs) Who's the random ex White Sox player jersey you see like all the time? Like for the Cubs, every game I've been to since 2008, I've seen a Fukudome and a, and a Terrio jersey. I mean, <laughs> I see Manny Ramirez all the time. Do you? Yeah, and Griffey. Griffey's uh-huh. a good one. I would like to have a Griffey one. I, I regret not buying a Euclid one. I mean, I see nothing now because I'll never see a fan again. But other than that. Davidson had some. Uh, Davidson had some uh, random. I mean, I guess he stuck around, but he had one decent year. I've seen some Davidson ones. He had a he had a pull. He was gonna he was gonna get all the. Uh, I remember Padilla was in love with his hair when when they acquired Davidson, and it was gonna be like the jokes. We were always joking about how he was gonna get uh, shampoo commercials because he could be a big star in Chicago. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He was yeah. He's a good looking guy. And. Um, I liked him. He was a nice dude. I mean, yeah, I talked to him twice, but both times were great. Um, who's the worst clubhouse guy you guys covered in, in your time? I mean, Ooh. it's only been three years, so they're probably still around. <laughs> yeah, James, you can skip it if you want. <laughs> I'm going to go with worst clubhouse guy. I only had him for about two minutes, um, and I was glad when he got like, go. Robert Fick was not one of my favorites. Um that's an old, that's a deep cut from like 07. I'm looking at the 12 White Sox. Orlando Hudson was kind of terrible. I liked uh, O-Dog. You didn't like O-Dog? I had him in the, it was, the problem was I had him in San Diego when he was brought in to be, he got paid. It was great for him, but he was not what they expect him to be. And, he, and anybody that goes to San Diego, immediately your offense just sucks. Um, at least back then it did because they hadn't moved the fences in. And so he was like going through the worst time of his career and he got released. 
he was always friendly, but as far as quote value, none of that. Like he just the guy bounced on the last day of the eleven season before the game ended because he had a long flight and like no, I just remember it was not a good. Dan, Dan, fit let's in focus San Diego. on the. Let's go focus on the White Sox. This isn't the Swingin' Friar podcast yes, no, or whatever know, they call I, it. You know, it's funny. I didn't. I mean, we've been talking about the 2016 team for the last 10 minutes, uh, the right before the 2020 team, about how they're supposed to make the playoffs <laughs> and whatnot. So I don't, I don't know. Like at this point, people have already given up. I found. Yeah, we're like, gonna see that dip on the, bad, on the chart. My White Sox. Uh, it, it was actually pretty good. My experience. I didn't think there was. A, you know, AJ was going to be the toughest guy, and I fucking loved AJ. AJ was like great. Yeah, if you have que- if you have a question for him, like actual questions, he's great. Yeah. Like he just could be a pain in the ass. Yeah, like, if totally. you were in the mood, if and, you were in the mood for a shtick, like sometimes I remember I'd be like, "Fuck this guy, I'm not dealing with him today." But he's great <laughs> when you get him. Yeah, but exactly, and and so like maybe if like that would be the definition where like you don't know what you're gonna get, and some days you can get some attitude. All right, that sucks, but what the good part of it was, was like gold. So I, I, yeah, I put up with it. And and beyond that, you know, it wasn't really like, you know, I, I think the word I, Brett Myers, I just was, he creeped me out for, for <laughs> various for reasons. So little, I know. The, I just, I was like, I want no part of this guy. I don't like him. I know about his yeah. past. We, um, um, I know actually who his, his wife is. I went to college with her. Oh, wow. Um, I know, um, Matt Latos, bad guy. Oh, thank you, man. Bad guy. Yeah. Um, so that, that they're up there. I mean, Carl, I was around for Carl Everett. Not, not a great guy. You know? Hey, Brett Myers, we were there the day he, uh, they acquired him. <laughs> and I remember just thinking that, uh, the coach from major league, look at this fucking guy. That was my <laughs> <Yeah>. exact <laughs> reaction when he walked in the clubhouse. Yeah. And not, not a good they give up in that trade. Who's the guy oh. for the Astros? Uh, uh Davinsky. Yeah. All star. Wow. Uh, I mean, he kind of just—he's lost his command a little he bit. He has, he has, but he had an all star year out of it. It wasn't like Tatis. Yeah, yes, that was a tough one. Which all resulted right. in a great clubhouse guy, by the Who's way. That? Yeah, way go. <laughs> like James Shields, all timer. Yeah, uh, yeah, nice, very nice guy. That was one of the worst starts I've ever seen. Oh, for anyone and no one Those even knew games. The, the best oh. part about that was no one even knew fernando tatis jr was even good then it was just such a bad start just without context it was so terrible oh god what a good time all right 2016 white Sox podcast uh, we'll have to do <laughs> maybe we'll do like a stand since your podcast was canceled maybe we could do like a narrative podcast on the 2016 white Sox season you know what i mean oh yeah like one of those we true crime go, ones we, that would be all oh, man those would actually get some good ratings. It's actually like not a bad idea. Cam, write this down. Uh, start doing like narrative podcasts about seasons. Cam checked out some good time ago. Oh, yeah. He's sleeping. Um, I can't who, believe okay, I'm last, still listening, honestly. Last question before we sign off. What The Twins were famous last year for uh, – they set a record, Dan, for home runs? Yes. Is that correct? squad. Yep. The, yeah. Uh, who hits more this year, White Sox or Twins? I'm still going to say the twins um, because like five guys are in their physical primes. Mitch Garver might have some regression. They lost Crone. They lost, uh, they lost scope. That's 48 home runs off of those two guys, but they added Donaldson. And again, those five guys are in their physical prime. And I, I still think Nelson Cruz is uh, I just learned something that's crazy. The guy does like two hour daily massages to like get his body ready. So 
I still think they will have a home there. <laughs> yes. No, he is a masseuse, like who is, it's like a crazy pregame ritual. So that's going to be the, uh, that'll be the factor right there, whether or not they can out Homer the White Sox. It'll be very close, though. I love this White Sox lineup. It is so deep and punishing. Uh, it, it's, it's scary what the potential is there. James? What do you think, James? Um, I'm mostly just thinking about the part when uh, Karig was covering the Twins Yankees series in the Bomba Squad, and he revealed to us that Bomba means pornography in Tagalog. all right well so that could be that would be a good name for dan's uh resurgent podcast (laughs) whenever he gets a twins podcast back hardcore bomba (laughs) (laughs) it's about a lot of things it's about more than baseball i'll say that all right thanks for joining us here on white Sox business i hope you enjoyed dan hayes's guest appearance we'll see if it shows up on the ratings Please leave us a like, a comment, rating on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're not already a member of The Athletic, you can save 40% off your first year by visiting theathletic.com forward slash Southside, all one word. Our business is done here. Our business is done here.